This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The voice you're hearing there, that is legendary Chicago blues and soul singer Syl Johnson singing his signature 1967 song, Different Strokes. Syl Johnson died this week at the age of 85, just days after his brother, blues guitarist Jim Johnson. Now you could say the Chicago blues community has been hit hard with grief lately. In addition to the Johnson brothers, Chicago also lost its very own Sam Lay at the end of January. He was a blues drummer for big names like Bob Dylan and Howlin' Wolf. But joining us to talk about the legacies of these three men is a local blues artist, Joanna Connor. Hi, Joanna. Welcome to Reset. Hi. I wish I was here under happier circumstances, but a uh, pleasure to be here, and thank you for having me. Thank you. And Toronzo Cannon is with us as well. Welcome back to Reset. Hey, thank you. Thanks for your time. Good I morning, so- Joanna. Good morning, Toronto. I am so sorry for your, your losses, uh, but do thank you for, for joining us on the program. Uh, I'll start with you, Toronzo. I know that you and Jimmy were very close, so can you talk to us about your relationship, both professional and personal? Well, well, you know, I knew Jimmy throughout the years, um, and it was just, a, I mean, he was just a, a pleasure to hang around. You know, um, the times that I I was with him, I did a a thing. I interviewed him for CNN Travel Channel, and um, you know, you just find out more about the man and, and things that he's um, done over the years. Uh, but he said one of his things, how he lived long, was he ate oatmeal, a bowl of oatmeal every day, and I remember that mm. for some reason. You know, but he was a very cool man, very cool. Hey, Joanna, can you tell us about your relationship with these Chicago legends? Well, I was very fortunate that I moved to Chicago and pretty much immediately got the house gig at the Jacobs, who also passed uh, last year. And um, I got to play with Phil Johnson. And of all the dozens of people that we backed up as a band, he was just outstanding in my mind because he was so soulful and so funky and such a dynamic performer and I also got to play with Sam Lay when he was actually switched the guitar at the Harlem Avenue Lounge. And I never played with Jimmy, though we probably jammed, but I knew him throughout the years, and especially back in the 80s, uh, was in the house band of Kingston Mines, and he was there frequently on the main stage. So, mm-hmm. And I think back, you know, he was in his 60s then. <laughs> and I thought, well, he was probably like in his 30s, but I'm like, no, I didn't ask. So, I mean, he was a dynamo. He, he was playing right up to the end of his life. And, Full of aware and, and full of humor, and Sam Lay was my memory. Besides being blown away that he's so legendary, I mean, he played with Paul Butterfield, and you know, like one of the most outstanding things of the '60s that you know crossed over to a wide audience. And the fact that I had to share a stage with him, and he was just a gentleman and just a gentle man, really, yeah. and kind and. And I just feel privileged that I got to, to, you know, to experience them on the stage and to part of some of that magic. And, you know, the the great leaving. Joanna, let, let's get your line fixed so that we can hear your, your great commentary there. Uh, I'll have you slide in there, Toronzo. Why don't we dig into Syl Johnson's career a, a bit more? Can you talk to us about what he was known for? Yeah, um, he was, what I understand, credited with one of the first rap records, you know, to a beat, you know, not to beat, but to to music. And he had a song that was big that I became aware of him called Fine Brown Train. 
and it had a rap in it that's that's just I mean, it's a groove. It's very cool, you know. I met him once, him and his brother, we played a place out in Arlington Heights called Hey Nani and we kinda of talked and you know, I you know, you know, I didn't really sometimes, you know, when, when there's you know, guys like that. I knew Jimmy a little bit more than Sil. When there's guys like that, you just kind of, you know, sit around and be the fly on the wall, you know what I mean, and let them talk, you know. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah, but very cool. Sil was uh, also known for being one of the most sampled artists, especially in hip-hop, right? Jay-Z, Kanye, Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Public Enemy, they all sampled his song, Different Strokes. So let's listen to a little bit of that. First, we're going to hear the intro on Sil's original track, and then we'll hear how Kanye used it in his own song. And here's another example. First, we'll hear a different part of Different Strokes, then how it's sampled in a Wu-Tang track. So obviously, Sills influencing generations of artists. Joanna, mm-hmm. how does his music inspire you and and your generation of musicians? Well, I was always ah, even though I was born in '62, I was kind of a young girl when all of that was happening. But I always searched up older stuff. It does surprise me at all that he was sampled. It's like he's one we played with one of the funky shows. Our heart up, so yeah, just that I don't know, it's magical, it's priceless to me, and it, it's no surprise that they take the, the sample, slow them down usually a little bit. But I think the tempos back then were a little quicker than they are for, for hip hop, but that seems brown. I mean, you just into it, and it was solid, and so. I don't know. Just when you hit that groove, you make that face. Ooh, and <laughs> but try to recognize that, you know. Right. When the music hits you, for sure. Um, yeah. Taranzo, your thoughts. Your generation is, is being, of course, influenced by artists like Sill and, and like Jimmy. Yeah. Um, you know, my take on it is, to, you know, to keep it funky, keep it current. Um you know, Jimmy played traditional blues, and he also played more of his own songs, which required more than just three chords in the blues, but it was still blues. You know, it was Jimmy's blues. You know, mm-hmm. he was like the bar, what they call a barroom preacher, you know. And, um, you know, it's about the story, and you keep it interesting. You keep it keep it funky, you know. Yeah. And that's what I took from it. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we've got local blues artists Joanna Connor and Toronzo Cannon here with us. We're talking about legacies of three Chicago blues legends, Syl Johnson, who died this week at 85, his brother Jimmy Johnson, who died last week at 93, and blues drummer Sam Lay, who died at the end of uh, January at the age of 86. Toronzo, let's talk more about your memories with these musicians. What are some of your favorites? I know you mentioned earlier about Jimmy and, uh, you know, oatmeal, right? But <laughs> yeah. what else do you remember? Well, well, I remember meeting Sam Lay at uh, Harlem Avenue, like Joanna said, and he was playing guitar at the time, and he was very proud of this 
guitar that uh, that it was just like the, it didn't have a body. It was just the frame of a guitar, and um, and we would talk, we just sat and kind of talked about that. But you know, I don't think he knew who I was, but of course I knew who he was and and all of the, the great people he played with. So I was just kind of sitting there, um, you know, um, among a great, you know, just trying to soak soak it in, you know. Yeah. What about you, Joanna? Your favorite memories with these musicians? Oh, goodness. I mean, I wish I had more memories, too. Uh, but Jimmy, I knew probably the most because we were on the circuit together a lot. I mean, um, Phil wasn't really on the blues circuit, per se, in the um, clubs we were playing in. But like I said, I have that one memory of him, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same you know, sometimes on the road with Sam Lay, he would be on the road and we would, I never got, I wish I had got to play with him as when he played drums, but he, it's funny how many blues guys went from the drums to the guitar, like Albert King and Son Seals, and he did the same thing. And, but anyway, um, just being in the presence of Jimmy Johnson, I mean, his voice, um, great player, but his voice was just outstanding. And the fact that, um, all the way up until his 90s, he didn't lose that high tenor, which is really unusual because most singers, even trained singers, they can't do that when they get older. You lose it. I mean, I've lost all my upper range, you know. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he, he was just a, a, some kind of fountain of youth, you know, and, and and hearing that beautiful kind of gospel-influenced blues voice. And I think, you know, I'm sure him and Phil came from the church. I'm sure of it. Well, and um, Why don't we hear some of it then? Uh, you're, you're, you're teasing here, Joanna. So let, let's hear a bit of Jimmy Johnson's Tobacco Road. It's from the album of the same name. Uh, this song is actually a cover from a 1960 song, uh, and it's been covered by a lot of artists like Jefferson Airplane. Uh, but Jimmy really makes it his own. Let's listen. I'll save my money Get rich, I know, and bring it back to Tobacco Road. Bring down a mat, I'm gonna bring me a crane, blow it up and start it all over again. Now, Toronto, you said that Jimmy told you that he learned to play the guitar because he needed something to, quote, woo the girls? Yeah. Is that true? Was that he really was, just in it for the ladies? Yeah, well, that's what he said. I was in a CNN um, interview where he lived next door to Magic Sam, another great from the 60s. And he saw how Magic Sam was getting all of the girls by playing guitar. And he was a welder by trade. And he wanted something to, I guess, woo the girls. And he started playing guitar. <laughs> so that's what was said in the interview. And I was like, well... <laughs> right on, Mr. Johnson. You know, sounds fun. Like a you know male thing, you know, showing off for the ladies. That that's so funny. Well, you know, we're here to please the ladies. If they <laughs> like guitar, then we'll play guitar. <laughs> you know. Well, uh, let's let's go back to talking about Sill for for a bit here, Joanna. What do you think it was about Sill's style that made his music uniquely his? Oh, good question. I mean, I think what is so common a common thread through the 60s and 70s uh, was that every artist that you listened to had their own unique style it was very few people you couldn't distinguish in any field of music it was so you know it was their whole personality and their whole life story came out in what they did that's one of the things i think why i treasure 
a lot of the older blues and, and soul. Even I mean, not to down modern music, but if you listen to some artists, you can't tell who's singing, who's playing, and all genres. I think because music has become a little corporatized more, and we could go on and on about that. So to hear these men be the individuals they were and to have it come out through the music and, and just the beautiful soul that came out of them, I mean, yeah. soul music, um, was a special period in, in music history. And then uh, and these men were vital for a long time, all three of them. I mean, they gave the gift to the world for decades. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what would you say an artist could learn from working with or, or listening to Sill or, or Jimmy or, or Sam? Well, first of all, I mean, try to soak up as much as that feeling that they put in their music, you know? Um, I mean, just hearing Jimmy sing Tobacco Road just now, like gave me chills, you know? Um, but I think, I think to be true to yourself, I, they all were true to themselves. They followed their paths. Um, Sam Lay was brave enough to cross over into a world, you know, in a interracial band in the early mid sixties, which is probably still a big issue. Um, so they, they went on their own path. Um, they were all from the South. They, they came up to Chicago. They were independent and, and striving for what they wanted to do with their lives. So that's inspirational to anybody, whether they're in music or not, you know? Yeah. Well, what do you think you learned? <laughs> Hopefully musically, I mean, I look to, to people like that. Their level of excellence is so high that I hope a little bit of it rubs off on me, you know, um, their approach to the music, the way they deliver the music, the feeling, like I said over and over, but the feeling that you get from their voice, from their guitar, mm-hmm. from their drumming. I hope that I deliver this in the same way. It took everything in me not to play the entire Tobacco Road track a moment ago. Uh, Taranza, what about you? What do you think artists can well, learn from from working with them as well as listening to them? Well, being being true to your your craft, uh, Seal wasn't afraid to talk about racial issues in America and his songs. And uh, you know, he made a song called "Is It Because I'm Black" and other uh, albums dealing with racism, dealing with his feelings about being, you know, a black man in America playing the blues, playing, you know, so it's, you know, it's so true to the blues as being the message music. Also, um, you know, Jimmy Johnson, you know, they wrote about the times in their songs about how they felt, and it wasn't just all about a love lost and things like that. It was about real things that men go through um, in life. So I, I take that from it, and I try to write from that same perspective, too, in my music. How about the Mark... They've left on Chicago. What do you think that is, Toronto? Oh, we, we come, and Joanna would agree to this, we come from the land of giants here in Chicago. From Muddy Waters to, you know, like say, Seal to Jimmy to Sam Lake. Chicago has a deep history of blues and how the musicians came from down south and settled here. So, I mean, it's just an honor to be among, you know, people like that. And we still have some some heroes here, some some giants living here, you know, that we that we should, you know, talk to periodically and try to, you know, get to know mm-hmm. better, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, Chicago is the land of giants when it comes to musicians like that, you know. Joanna, I know Taranzo kind of just helped us paint this picture of, of the past, but let's refocus on today. What, what do you think is in store for 
Chicago's music scene now? Oh, well, we just came through a very rocky time <laughs> and things are still not totally settled, but that's in the whole world. But um, I am mean? very hopeful. Well, with the pandemic and stuff, you know, so we mm-hmm. we, we didn't know what was going to happen with clubs were going to be open and uh, one didn't make it blues on Halstead, you know, but there is an iconic place. But um, and that's one that came off the top of my head, but we made it through and things are picking up again. Shows are happening. Yeah. Um. But Chicago, rephrase the question. I think I got lost on my path here. <laughs> well, we're just looking ahead at, at Chicago's oh, music scene. Right. Younger oh, artists music today. Is, is, yeah, is vital. I mean, look, you're talking in Toronto, Canon. There's somebody right there. Um, where he's considered young in the blues world. <laughs> Not that he's that old, but, you know, um, I think that even you know, there's younger artists out there. There's Jemaya Rogers. There's... Um, that's just off the top of my head. And he's in his 20s. There's, I have two guys in my band that are like 20 years younger than me that mm-hmm. play everything beautifully. Yeah. So I, I, have, I am totally hopeful that the tradition continues. I think that the, um, the church, the, you know, the, the Baptist church in particular, produces a ton of great musicians nice. that come and play the blues and play soul. It's not going to end. And, we'll and I have to leave it there. Yeah, sounds like it'll continue for, for a lifetime. That was local blues artists Joanna Connor and Toronzo Cannon. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's go out on some more music. That's it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thank you for listening and have a great day. We'll meet again tomorrow.